0: Listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode 76 of the Testudo Times Podcast, where we all survived a trip to the edge of a cliff with no protection at the bottom. Uh, I'm joined by two people today. First of all, when Maryland basketball gets to the edge of a cliff and nearly falls off, we have one man who could save us. Superman when it comes to Maryland basketball. Matt talk is back. What's up, people? You are going to be needed on this show. You were needed a lot the past couple of weeks just to either A, talk people off the ledge or B, give everybody a dose of reality.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it was common eventually.
0: Uh, I know it was coming eventually, but you know Maryland fans. They freak—they freaked out when we were 20-2. and two. So I don't think many people are surprised that when actual bad stuff started happening, they really freaked out. Yep. Well, it's yeah. That's how it works with this school. And Thomas is here pinch-hitting for Ryan, who was supposed to be here. Hi, Thomas.
2: How's it going? You're a good pinch-hitter, aren't you? I've done I've done some pinch hitting in my baseball days, but uh, not first time I've done it on a podcast.
0: Well, probably won't be the last. Um, in case you were wondering, Ryan was supposed to be here, but got tied up with something he told me was job training. Now I wasn't supposed to tell any of you this, but I have to reveal it just for the sake of this podcast because I love it so much. Uh, Ryan was training to join the circus, the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus, <laughs> but nobody told him that the circus is actually closing. In Matt,
1: Matt, Matt, what? Matt. what? This is not true.
0: I know, but it's a funny joke. <laughs> Why are you interrupting the joke before I finished it? <laughs> it's fine. Let's let's get back on track. I'm telling jokes to distract us and ease the pain from Maryland basketball's last week of whatever the heck is happening. Uh, Matt, after the Wisconsin game, we said, all right, Maryland's going to lose at Wisconsin. That's not surprising. Wisconsin's a very good team. They're playing at home. This is probably Maryland's toughest regular season game they're going to have all year. We thought, all right. Minnesota and Iowa—they've beaten both of these teams on the road already. They can fix these problems. Turns out they didn't. What happened?
1: Whew. Not sure if it's real easy to peg, uh, you know, the exacts of it. I mean, I think everyone, right? We, we've we've ridden a real weird type of roller coaster here um, with Maryland basketball this year, and I think you know we we all kind of came to the agreement before the season started, like, hey this team isn't last year's team, you know, we'll we'll probably hit some highs, hit some lows, it'll be a perfectly fine season. This is all about development, right? And then we get to the point where Maryland is 20 and 2 and everyone's turned from let's let this let these guys develop to why aren't these guys winning a championship, right? So like we kind of flip script real quick just because Maryland got off to a really hot start and it's a combination of a few things, right? They didn't play a really tough schedule in the opening Few months and maybe that you know pushed their win loss record you know made it a little misleading but uh, you know Maryland's obviously hit a wall in the past month I mean February was a pretty pretty dark time even if we were on the same uh, script where we were thinking about Maryland being a building team because you know those losses to Penn State and and Iowa were were bad I mean they were both bad. Um, but this is kind of the reality of it all, right? Because Maryland isn't built to win a championship right now. I mean, they're they're, they're pieces away. They don't have a front court <laughs> at all. <laughs> I mean...
0: Oh, they, they had a semblance of one, and then Michael Tchaikovsky sadly got hurt, and now they really don't have a front court.
1: Maybe, but I mean, even so, I mean, Checo was hurt for so much of the year that they really were just relying on DeMonte Dodd, who turned out, listen, from what he was supposed to be, turned into something great. I mean... DeMonte is great defensively and, you know, his offensive game never developed, but still DeMonte was an important piece, but that's it. I mean, we were forcing even Bender to play center when he's not, LG Gill to play center when he's hardly a forward. Uh, So, you know, these, these types of things probably should have been expected. I mean, Maryland had such a heavy reliance on, on three completely fresh faces who weren't even, you know, unanimously top 50 recruits. I mean, that's pretty incredible. And they were all real hot to start the season and they've, They've had their ups and downs too, right? All three of them. I think we've, we've seen stretches where all of them look great and all of them look bad and, and whatever, and they'll all be pieces for the future. But this is this is kind of, in the end, where we kind of thought Maryland would be, right? Like, maybe even still a little bit better than we thought. I mean, they're going to have 11 or 12 conference wins. That's pretty incredible.
0: They're going to have that, and they're going to almost more than likely have a top four seed in the conference tournament. Now, you could argue that's because the Big Ten is bad, which the Big Ten lie. is bad. We, we, we'll get to that, too, because I think it's important when we talk about the Big Ten tournament and then Maryland's seeding implications in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Thomas, the Minnesota and Iowa games were interesting for me in this sense because I saw Maryland fans on Twitter talking about these games in a different light than I've seen them talk about any Maryland games in three years. Uh, yes, Maryland had some not-so-great losses last year and in 2015. I'm thinking of Minnesota on the road. That one was pretty bad. And Penn State earlier this year was pretty bad. But most of the other losses, everybody was talking about them sort of reasonably. And then you get to Minnesota and Iowa where they get run out of their own gym in both games in the second half. And people are saying, what in the hell's going on? And I saw a number of people say, well, these are the worst Maryland losses in like three years. And the, the paradigm changed, especially because this team had been so good at home the last couple of years as well. What did you think of this past week or so for the Terps?
2: Um, I mean, from watching those two games, it was sort of, you know, they just seemed kind of stuck. And, you know, we're, we're still just trying to figure out, you know, what to do with the front court, you know, who, who is even playing well. I mean, you know, Trimble didn't really have a good game either game after playing great in the Northwestern Wisconsin games. Um, and they just, you know, were kind of stuck and couldn't, you know, fix it. I mean, the big 10 is having a bad year, but every team is okay and no, no team's great. And so, you know, if you have an off night and Maryland had two of those, you know, you're going to lose games like this. Um, Minnesota, I think a lot of people kind of didn't take seriously enough. I mean, I'm not saying the team did, but like a lot of fans, didn't seem to give Minnesota credit for as good as they have become because they, they've really closed the season strong. Um,
0: yeah. Iowa was I mean, I, more inexcusable I was, than Maryland. I, I was fine yeah, with Minnesota, I mean, but Iowa was inexcusable. Yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, Iowa, that is definitely Maryland had to play bad to lose that game, and that is exactly what they did. Um, you know, fortunately, they took care of business and actually looked really good doing it uh, at, against Rutgers. Um, which kind of eases that skid, eases the idea that, you know, maybe they won't finish the season on some weird losing streak. Um, and, yeah, it kind of rights the ship a little bit, and now we, we get back to being maybe a little more rational.
0: Caveat on tour, of course. Maryland was not great in the first half, and then they just blew them out in the second half, and I want to get to Matt on this. Matt, one of the things we've been talking about on this show, Ryan and I, Uh, in your absence, is the idea that something you were promoting in December, January, was the idea of Maryland going all small. The idea of just playing Justin Jackson at the five, going all guards, Warriors, death lineup, Maryland style, and just seeing what would happen. And we've not seen that. There was one game this year against Illinois, the first conference game, where they had to do that, and they played really well. It was probably their best performance of the year, and we just haven't seen it since then. There's a lot of reasons for why Maryland might not have been doing that. But now, as we're back to sort of the same issue that they had earlier in the year with one of their best bigs injured, is that something you think they will do down the stretch? And is it something you want to see them do down the stretch? Uh,
1: of course. I think, uh, I think I've think i been promoting a small ball lineup <laughs> since last year. Um, yes, you
0: have. But, and you have but, a chance to say it again on this show.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, that that's something that I think um, I'll I'll wind up disagreeing with Turgeon for the rest of his coaching career. But he's he's not a uh, as adept to to doing things like that. He's uh, his mindset has always been to play big and and use height, and that's why we saw last year a lot of Demonte Dodd and Checo lineups, and uh, you know pairing another big with Diamond Stone. We saw that a lot too, and it might it, it might have worked at points with that sort of talent that they had last year, but especially this year and considering Maryland has no depth at the big man position and uh it doesn't seem like there'd be any harm in at least trying it for small periods of time to fill in the gaps I mean even Bender has played a lot better since Checo went down I will say that but is he a realistic reliable option night in night out like probably not and as we saw LG Gill is not a center at all uh so it doesn't seem to be You know, there doesn't seem to be any harm in trying it. I know Turgeon never will. That's just not his mindset and not how he coaches. But uh, in times like this, when there really isn't another option, and I mean, we know Justin Jackson's really good defensively. We know that, you know, he might be a little undersized, but he makes up for that in wingspan. And we know that, you know, his his defensive IQ is way above what it should be for a freshman. I don't see a reason why they wouldn't try it uh, and at least put another offensive option on the floor there also, but, you know, I don't don't expect it to happen.
0: Ryan's argument for this, and I understand it, is that Mark Turgeon does not want to teach players multiple positions, you know. And I can understand that, why he didn't want to do that last year or this year, but he is fitting LG Gill a very square peg into a round big man hole, and we've seen how that worked. So he is adept at doing it when it fits his style, he just hasn't been doing it when it sort of doesn't. And especially now when I'm thinking against Iowa, when they can't hit anything from outside, why not try something? You know, you're down huge against Iowa at home. The great atmosphere you have, by the way, I want one of those shirts. If anybody could get me one of those from that Iowa game, I want one of those very badly, Uh, apropos of nothing. When you're down that big in the second half against Iowa, that is the perfect time to try something a little bit crazy and out of the box, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think – it should have, you know, been attempted long before that. But, um, you know, maybe that's just not how Turgeon sees Jackson's fit. I mean, who knows? He could be terrible at playing center. But my whole thing is he might as well try it, whether he does that or not. You know, maybe he's, he's a strong believer in, in even Bender.
0: I mean, Bender had been playing well. I liked how he played on Tuesday, but still. For the NCAA tournament, when they're not going to be playing Big Ten teams, slightly yeah. concerning. That's I've what I'm saying. Say, I mean, I've seen yeah, some I mean, of the bracket project- projections, and uh, boy – after the first round, which Maryland could win, obviously, it doesn't get much fun if you're not going to be playing any good bigs.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a thing. But for Maryland, my thing is, like, are you like, why try to hide the fact that, like, oh, like we have bad bigs. Why, why are we throwing them out there and, you know, letting teams, ex- like, exploit that when, I mean, Maryland has one of the best backcourts in the country. I don't really think you can deny that when you mix Trimble, Cowan, and Herter, like, why not play to that strength and play like be the small ball, really quick, like jump shooting team? Like, you <laughs> this, this the way that they're playing right now isn't going to work in the tournament anyway. So, why not try something different that may give a different outcome? That's my look on it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I bet some Maryland fans agree with you now that you've put it in words that I could never put them in. Uh, Thomas, what do you think about that, and what do you think about the way Mark Turgeon has been using the personnel available to him, especially recently?
2: Yeah, I think to him, you know, he wants to see Gill as more of a big man than he does Jackson, and, uh, you know, that's that's something I disagree with him on. Um, but if you, you know, if you look at it as, yeah, we you know, Gil is more of a big than Jackson, then it makes sense to always have, gill or bender on the floor um but yeah i mean bender's really kind of a four that shouldn't be playing five he's just not big enough to be a five uh, against a lot of teams um jackson is is pretty big he's got a good wingspan he's a good defender um he would make sense you know i i'm not a big fan of just thinking of a small ball lineup and calling it the Warriors lineup, even though, you know, they are the model. Because, I mean, not obviously not everyone has Warriors personnel. Um, but it is something that has worked um, a lot of other places as well and, you know, might as well be worth trying. Especially, yeah, if you're in a position where you're down a lot to, you know, and need to get hot. Uh, mm. Might as well try something you hadn't been doing.
0: Absolutely. And in the second half against Iowa was the time when I really wanted to see it, and I was getting really, really angry. But uh, we didn't see it, of course. And then, to make matters a little bit worse, uh, they weren't great against Rutgers. Now, Matt, of course, Rutgers is not the Rutgers of years past. They're actually a very good defensive team, good at rebounding, but they are the worst free-throw shooting team in the history of basketball. I've never seen a team in my time watching the sport shoot free-throws worse than this Rutgers team had. But then in the second half, we saw what we've seen from Maryland this year at times, which was a switch just was flipped, and then they started hitting shots and totally destroying somebody. That's the weird dichotomy of this team, and we've talked about it so often this year. It was one of our fun little storylines, which is Maryland could be have these awful stretches where they can't hit anything, they're getting bullied inside, it's all going wrong, and then a switch gets flipped, and then they suddenly can blow out anybody in the country. It's insane, and we saw the difference from the first half to the second half against Rutgers, and it reminds you, you know, this team, when it's at its best, is still really, really fun and can beat a lot of good teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, Maryland is a pretty solid team. Uh, I think what was weird about that one, right, is it wasn't even as much jump shooting as, like, inside production, which, you know, go figure, the, the one thing that they lack, they wind up having, what, LG, even, and DeMonte combined for what? What they miss, like, two shots all game?
0: <laughs> it was so um, weird.
1: Yeah, it was really stupid. I'm looking at the numbers now. What, they combined for 29 points? I mean, that's never happened and probably will never happen again. But uh, that's just the weirdness. And I'm sure that's an outlier type of game. But yeah, I mean, Maryland is known. Maryland is going to be known for what? Their ability to penetrate from the outside with Trimble or Cowan and be able to finish at the hoop or, you know, create free throw opportunities or a hot three point shooting game. Like, that's all that they really have based on a on the talent that they have right now. So yeah, they're going to have those hot games where everything goes in. They're going to have the cold games where nothing goes in. The only problem is they don't really have the personnel to be able to, to go on the inside when it, when it isn't. So yeah, we're going to kind of, even in the tournament ride that weird kind of, well, if they shoot, well, I guess maybe they'll win today.
0: Um, kind of, kind of model going in, but yeah, it'll be fun. It's going to make for a lot of fun picking brackets, depending on who Maryland gets, because then you'll be like, well, you know what, if they shoot well, They could probably win and destroy a lot of people's hopes. And then if they don't shoot well, well, it's like, well, why did we even think of doing that? You know, it's going to be that weird dichotomy. And then I I can't wait to see if Maryland does make it to the Sweet 16, which none of us think is particularly likely. And let's say they pull off a huge upset. People are going to say if they get into one of those shooting habits— people are going to be like, well, wait a minute, why didn't we think of that? Like, we knew they could do this, but none of us trusted that they could do this. And then if they get blown out, which is also equally likely because they haven't played a really good team all year, people will be like, well, why did we think of that? God, we are stupid. Why didn't we pick another upset in the – anyway, these are just the ramblings of somebody like that. Uh, Matt, uh, I want to start thinking about Michigan State and then going ahead. Uh, Michigan State has been another team that's just had a weird year, and it's been that kind of year in the Big Ten where nobody's any good, and Michigan State has been way, way down compared to where some people thought they'd be. They just lost to Illinois. This is a really important game for Maryland, not only because it's senior day, but because if they win, they assure themselves of a top-four seed in the Big Ten tournament, and let's be honest, playing three games is better than playing four. And also... Depending on where the seeding comes in, you could avoid tougher matchups later on in the tournament if they get there. So how do you think Maryland matches up against a Michigan State team that I can't figure out?
1: Hmm. I actually have, haven't have seen too much of Michigan State myself, so I don't want to just make stuff up. But obviously I know a lot of their offense flows around Miles Bridges. And um, <laughs> will Maryland be able to stop a guy like Miles Bridges? Uh who the hell knows, right? I mean, he's another guy who can, uh, who's super athletic and also uh, tall and can bang on the inside a bit too, which obviously Maryland couldn't handle with Caleb Swanigan or Ethan Happ. Um, so I'll be interested just to see how Maryland uh, decides to play him, if he's going to be a guy that Justin Jackson ex- is expected to lock down, if he's a guy that Kevin Herter is going to be switched on at times to try to pressure him from the perimeter. Um, it'll be weird because, yeah, again, Michigan State has been a weird team where we kind of – we hyped them a lot to start the season and then a month or two in we're like they suck and now we're like, wait, now they're good again? It, it, Lord knows.
0: I mean they have losses, big losses. They got totally destroyed at Michigan. They lost at Purdue, but a lot of teams lose at Purdue. They just lost at Illinois on Wednesday, a team that Maryland beat twice. So I have no idea – how good Michigan State is, and normally I'd be like, well, Maryland's at home. That's a bonus. But they've not played as well at home this year as they have in years past, and the home court advantage isn't quite, I guess, what it used to be. Maybe that's just the team speaking to that. Uh, Thomas, what are you thinking about this Michigan State game? Because it's one of those weird ones, but it's such an important game if you're considering Big Ten tournament seeding.
2: I think literally any outcome is possible in this game. Like, Any either team could win by as many as thirty points. It's
1: like (laughs) that. that Basically describes Maryland right there, huh? Yep.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, no. No other game have I even really thought that there's always like one game. If it's a blowout, it's probably going to be you know this team winning, or if it's close, you know Maryland's got a chance. But this this one, I I have no idea. Like Michigan State has, you know, kind of had a Maryland ish season where just you know they're they're a pretty young team and like 80 different versions of them have showed up in 30 games and you know th- this is exciting and we don't know what we're going to get this is fun
0: i mean think about this in terms of conference tournament standings right now just looking at it of course there are games that you are going to see tonight tomorrow whenever it is produce 13 and 4 wisconsin's 11 and 5 Maryland's 11-6. Minnesota's 10-6. and six. Michigan State and Northwestern are both 10-7. and seven. So Maryland could end up being like a 7 or 8 seed in the tournament, and then they could also end up being a 2. Like, that's how wild and stupid and very, very mediocre the Big Ten is this year. And, Matt, I don't know how much it really matters where they end up getting seeded. Obviously, three straight years, your first three seasons. In the Big Ten, you finish as a top-four seed. That's incredibly impressive. And, of course, playing fewer games is better than playing more games. <laughs> I mean, thinking about the Big Ten tournament, because it's in Washington and they are Maryland home games, let's be frank here. You know, does it matter that much where they get seated outside of you don't want to play more games? Or does it really matter because in the Big Ten (laughs) this year, anybody can beat anybody?
1: Uh, Okay, so we had a different mindset, or at least I did last year, too where it was like Maryland should play, right? Maryland sort of slumped in February last year also, and we were hoping Maryland had more games to try to prove itself uh, to the committee right before the tournament, because we were hoping for a higher seed. The way Maryland's trending right now, I'm not sure if that's the best option. Um, Fewer games probably sounds better, especially given the fact that they're already down Checo and losing another guy would really suck. Um, You know, I don't think it matters too much, but, Maryland having to play fewer games and being able to use that time for rest or just uh, not being, you know, not playing a game that isn't going to help them but can only hurt them, that sort of thing, also makes sense to me. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they're not going to be screwed no matter what happens or where they're seated, but playing less games would be ideal, in my opinion.
0: I think that's always ideal, but I don't think they're going to be playing a game in this tournament because of the way the Big Ten is this year, unless they're playing Rutgers that they are going to be like, wow, if they lose this, they're in big trouble because they're going to end up playing a Michigan or a Northwestern or somebody like that who's a bubble team, probably a tournament team, and beating them, it's not going to hurt, obviously. If I do want to say anything about where I want Maryland to play, if they finish fourth in the conference, then they play an afternoon game on Friday. If they finish third, they play a night game. I'd personally rather them play a night game because then there's more of a home court advantage so people don't have to take off of work to go to the game. That's just my theory. It's not something I've ever thought about in the history of Maryland and conference tournaments, but since the games are in DC oh, this year.
1: That place is going to be filled. No one's going to class.
0: Well, Maryland students, obviously, but I mean, but thinking about it in terms of not just having Maryland students there, in terms of having everybody there, I mean, if Maryland's playing the nightcap, for instance, then it's absolutely a 100% Maryland home game. It might be less of a home game if they play in the afternoon, in my view.
1: That's true. You're also, uh, you know, I kind of thought about this a bit too, and obviously Maryland will will feel like the home team, but it's D.C. I feel like so many people who have gone to all these Big Ten schools probably live in D.C.,
0: well, I mean, that's that's true. Maybe less so like the Purdue's and Wisconsin's, more the Ohio State's and the Michigan's of the world. Yeah, that's what I'm but thinking also. Still, but this is still D.C. It's still Maryland. Yeah. Know. And and I see so much talk about the Big Ten tournament next year because it's at MSG, and I said, the two places that are not College Park where Maryland fans will go to are D.C. and New York City. Very Those true. are the two. So Maryland's basically getting... A lot of help from Commissioner Delaney in their conference tournaments in the next few years. Uh, Just, I guess, Matt, a a word on seeding. I know you're not a bracketologist, but, you know, I looked at Joe Linardi today, today being Thursday. He had Maryland as an eight seed, reasonable. Jerry Palm Mm -hmm. of CBS had them as a six seed, also reasonable. I see them in that 6-7 range. The only way that they get higher is if they win the conference. I think the Big Ten champ gets a 5 seed just by virtue of them being a Power 5 conference, but other than that, nobody's getting higher than a 5. There are too many good teams that are not in the Big Ten that are going to take up those seeding spots. Uh, in the NCAA tournament, I don't really think it matters all that much what seed Maryland gets, I guess, instead of Maybe where they go, where they're going, because I've seen some projections where they had them in Sacramento, which would suck. Others that had them in like Greenville, which is, I guess, a little bit better. But do you, do you think that Maryland's seeding, where the bracketologists have them, and or I guess our perception of them right now is, is about right?
1: Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, once you get to that outside the top four seeds, it's so much of a, just a jumble, right? Like between five and like what separates a five from a nine? I mean, they're all like in that same sort of range where. It probably just, you know, they'll look back and see most, like the team's most recent production in their conference tournaments. So, yeah, you're right. If Maryland, the way I see it, if Maryland, like, if there's any way Maryland can move up from that six to eight or so range, it's probably only if they beat Purdue in whatever scenario. Like, I don't think anyone's going to think much higher of Maryland if they knock off just Michigan or Northwestern or, or one of those. They'd probably either, I mean, Wisconsin would help, but. Most probably, them beating Purdue would would bump them up, you know, a notch as as far as what tier they are in the tournament.
0: Yeah, I don't think it changes much. And again, just in case people were wondering, I mentioned this last week. Uh, Joel Inardi had Maryland as an eight seed, and the one seed that they'd be playing, North Carolina. And Jerry Palm had Maryland as a six seed. They'd be playing one of the play-in games, which would be really interesting. I'd have no idea what to think about Maryland playing a team that just played two days earlier. Uh, do you know who the three seed would be in that scenario? Would it be Duke? Yes, it would be Duke. Yep. Come on. Now, you know we all want to see that happen, mm-hmm. even though Maryland would have no shot. We all <laughs> want to see it happen, just so the tournament committee should spite Shashevsky.
1: That's true. I'd, re- I'd love to see how Duke handles Mellow Trimble, because I don't know if they have a defensive guard who can keep up with him.
0: Oh, yeah. Mellow Trimble never played – well, he played North Carolina. He never played Duke. That would be yep. fun. Oh god! I can can you imagine what Mallow Trimble did to Welsh Ryan Arena a couple weeks ago? If imagining in a scenario that was actually Duke, he would be really more well. of a hero than he already is.
2: This Duke team and this Maryland team have completely opposite like roster strengths. Maryland has so many good guards, and Duke has like wings and not a lot of like traditional guards. Yeah, so that's, a lot that's of front what I'm forward. saying.
0: I'm not um, sure how they like would handle Mellow. this
2: would be Mellow. such a fascinating game. It would be.
0: I'm also imagining what would happen if Grayson Allen tripped Mellow Trimble. I think the internet might be on fire.
2: Yeah,
1: I think that would be it. We'd have to just shut off the internet for a few hours.
0: <laughs> oh, I've been shutting off the internet for a lot more than a few hours recently, but, oh, God, I that that would be something else. I I, I met somebody who plays D3 basketball, and his name is Grayson, and he's from Jacksonville, and I was telling him, you're a much better Grayson for Jacksonville than Grayson Allen is. And he, had a, he got a kick out of that. Uh, before we move on to women's basketball and let Thomas take the floor, uh, can we talk about the Mellow Trimble tribute video mixtape thing that came out? Isn't I mean, it bizarre? It's it's really weird. Are they trying to, like, publicly say we want you to come back for senior year even though they know he's not going to?
1: Yeah, I was it's talking so to Thomas strange. about this. I was talking to Thomas and, and Ryan about this earlier. It's It's a little much and it kind of makes me a little bit uncomfortable at least because, you know, obviously all, you know, anyone who tries to ask a draft question during the Big Ten tournament is going to get absolutely shut down so quickly. And I get it because no player wants to talk about that while you still have, you know, what they've been playing for all year right ahead. And it just, it's so weird to me, right? Like they kind of don't want to do that, but now they're making these random tribute videos that are being shared like hundreds of times. So, I mean... Melo has seen it and people have definitely brought it up to him and it's definitely weird right like he doesn't he doesn't know what he's doing right now he probably hasn't thought too much about it i'm sure he's going to declare for the draft and uh, declare for the draft combine at least and see what happens just like he did last year but like i don't know maryland like it's they're fun videos they might be fun in april but right now they're kind of making me a little uncomfortable
0: I, i i don't get it thomas i mean I I guess it's kind of like let Maryland fans enjoy the last of Mellow Trimble. They might see because he's going to go down as one of the best players in recent program history. There's no doubt, but he's still might have another
1: year. He might have another year.
0: It's true (laughs) without that. I mean, again, we all assumed from the start of the year that this was going to be the last year. I think I don't think
1: I don't think I don't know if you could say that anymore. But you're right. We did think that. But I mean, I don't know if he's really helped his stock that much over this year.
0: I can't wait for Maryland next year if Mellow Trimble does come back. That would oh yeah, make the team that insane. would be
1: that would be incredible, and they would definitely be you know a preseason top fifteen or so team based on who they have recruited right now and who would stay.
0: Uh, it's just weird that video, uh, Thomas. Do you have anything new to add to that other than it's kind of, it's oh. kind of like it's kind of like the person in, you know with the boombox on their shoulder playing in your eyes. So the first video
2: was the Adele one and you know that, oh, that
0: was one was
2: oh that was right after the Grammys like it, it was well timed I actually really liked it um it like had the you know effects of um the Hello video kind of the, the colors um you know and this version you know with Lionel Richie didn't do the same oh, for God. me because like I,
0: that it was you know, Lionel Richie oh that makes it, it worse. was all did they get a Mellow Trimble Clay head somewhere? Well, no, but they brought in. In.
2: no, but they brought in Jared Nickens and Jalen Brantley again for some reason. Uh, yeah, they did not look happy either. Oh,
0: yeah. God. I can imagine how awkward that would be for them. You
2: know, yeah. Those guys go viral once, and suddenly you have to be part of everything the team does that like, tries to go viral. Like yeah, it just it wasn't funny either.
0: They were oh, on what? Ellen once. I thought that's the, uh, you know. They the went world. on Ellen
2: because they were dancers,
0: not because they were funny uh yeah. this is, well the dancing might be funny but anyway it was
2: a, it was a funny little dance kind of video movement but i don't know
0: oh can we mention one other thing this was in our slack chat because uh this was something that we all want to talk about we had somebody complaining about the flash mob why are people doing that
2: complaining about it
0: oh i saw somebody was like what are they doing with the flash mob why are they doing that or something else? I
2: think someone got tired of it, and someone else was like glad to see they're getting an education, even though it was a Saturday. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, Remember
0: when God. they first did that? I think it was Wisconsin Yikes. a couple of years ago, and it was awesome. This is what Maryland being bad has done to people. No, the,
2: the first one was Duke. Oh, that's that right. The, yeah. yeah, that was, that was the, my freshman year. Good
0: yeah. lord. How, you both weren't there. I almost forgot about that. That's right. That was four years ago. Holy crap!
1: I don't get that though. It's like it's such a fun thing, and I think Maryland's getting recognition for being the school that does it every year. So like, why is anybody complaining about it? I
0: mean, they. It
2: is a shame play- though. Both of the last two years, it's been like the other team has made a run either like during or right after the flash mob. <laughs> like last year, Wisconsin was went on this oh, like. Oh
0: yeah, Devon that was the flash mob game last year.
2: And, like during, like and the flash mob was in the middle of it, and then the I don't the, even the camp, that. Maryland still sucked. And then, like, this year, it was a one-point game when they did it, and, like, Iowa never trailed after that. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Uh, so maybe they were.
2: Oh,
1: fight. God. We're going to have flash mob truthers. I don't need this.
0: Oh, God. You <laughs> no, did, I, there I was mean, another comment kind of, that I saw in the comment John? section that was even worse. Not related to basketball, but we won't talk about that on this show because it's a family show. Uh, let's switch gears very quickly and leave skid marks in the road. Thomas, the Maryland women's team is playing in the Big Ten tournament. This is starting on Friday. They were going to play the winner of somebody. I haven't actually checked who they're going to play. Uh, who would they play? They're the two seed in the tournament. Either,
2: that is either Penn State or Minnesota. Okay, and good. And Penn State, uh, Maryland beat by six in College Park, and they took 42 points from Bree Jones, and they needed all 42 of them. Um, and Minnesota, they played Sunday. They just destroyed them. 33, yes. So, you know, it's going to be, you know, one of two very strange storylines. Um, and then after that, they're probably getting Michigan and then Ohio State. And Ohio State is really, you know, the suddenly the most important thing that, that could happen to them. Because, you know, that, that's a revenge game. That's to keep the, this whole streak of winning Big Ten championships, you know, regular season and tournament, to keep that streak alive. You know, a lot, of, a lot of things are going into that game. Um, obviously, their tournament seating probably two or three hinges on that game. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because, you know, Michigan is a pretty good team too. But, um, like, it, I think, you know, everything that they've gone through the last couple of weeks is leading up to, you know, a rematch with OSU. Yeah,
0: because last year they didn't have to play Ohio State in the conference tournament in the title game.
2: Ohio State kind of skidded at the right time. Um, you know, had total control of the Big Ten and then lost their like last two games and gave Maryland the one seed. And then Ohio State lost in the tournament. And um, yeah, Maryland didn't have to play in the tournament.
0: That was very funny. And if they beat them in this tournament and they win the Big Ten, it, what do you think it would do? I mean, I guess it would change their seating, but how do you think it would change the perception of that team going into the tournament? They're still fourth in the AP poll. So yeah. the AP poll voters still love them.
2: Yeah, I mean, AP, AP, like some, you know, they're they're twenty-seven and two right now. They're they're clearly a very good team. Uh, I think it would showcase. I mean, Ohio State would probably end up being, you know, aside from maybe Louisville, you know, it w- that would be their best win of the year, and it would make them, you know, Big Ten champions. Again, and you know, it's they'll probably, you know, th- th- I don't think there's any way they're a one seed, um, but probably a high two. If if they win that, and then probably a three somewhere. If they don't,
0: yeah. So I mean, get out of the, UConn's region, potentially. Yeah, I
2: think I think they'll probably get like a top seven spot and get out of Bridgeport if they uh, if they win the Big Ten tournament. So you know, pretty important weekend.
0: So what also there was uh, nominations for Bree Jones and Shatori Walker kimbrough who just had their senior day. Uh, and it was interesting, Thomas. You were talking about this to us pre show. Uh, you wanted to say something about it.
2: Yeah. Uh, so the Naismith semifinalists, that's the top 10, were released today being Thursday. And Bree Jones is a semifinalist, and Chatori Walker Kimbrough is not. And this is the first time, you know, we've really had any sort of discussion on like separating them. Like, one of them actually being better than the other because, you know, they've both been, you know, semifinalists this whole time. Um, they were both unanimous all Big Ten. They were both first team all defense. Like there was really nothing that separated them sort of accolade-wise. Neither one of them won um, Big Ten Player of the Year, although I think Bree had a much better case for it because she shot like 70% from the field. Um, I think, honestly, if they beat Ohio State previously – Uh, She probably wins that over Kelsey Mitchell, but it's, you know, this is kind of the first time that Jones has been, you know, awarded something over Walker Kimbrough this year. And last year it was kind of the other way around. Um, But it is unfortunate. Walker Kimbrough has been actually talked about by a few, including uh, Rebecca Lobo as a snub on this list. And I mean, obviously all the players on it are great and Walker Kimbrough is in that class and, it's kind of you had to leave someone off and it is unfortunate
0: but well, let's be honest is we know who's going to win this award probably it would be a uh, shocker if the player i'm thinking of does not win this award yeah the i mean that we saw last year my, in the tournament is do my her thing. Yeah
2: because you know she's averaging like 30 a game and no one else is averaging 22 23 and you know she's doing it for a top 10 team Uh, especially if they win the Pac-12. But, like, you know, Kelsey Plum has been fantastic this season. I'm pretty sure she's going to end up winning
0: it. Remember when they were a seven seed last year and we were all kind of angry, Maryland lost, and now we know we shouldn't have been?
2: Well, well, that team, Washington the last couple years, they're, like, incredibly thin. Like, they they play, like, six, seven players. They don't practice a lot. Like, they just don't practice. They, like... Kind of hang out, do their other stuff, and then play. And I guess it works when you have Kelsey Plum, who, you know, as long as she's physically like okay, she can just do insane things on a basketball court. And yeah. uh, Chantel Osahor is the nation's leading rebounder, and and she's fun. Yes,
0: um, I remember that yeah, from last she, year. Calling yeah, that she shoots 35% by it
2: and does not jump ever.
0: That was my favorite part. Yes. Matt, I don't know if you were watching this last year, but I was calling that game uh, when Maryland played with uh, Washington in the NCAA tournament, and Chantal Osohor was taking threes and not jumping and making them, and it was like <laughs> my dream. I do remember that. dream playing on the playground was to take threes and not have to jump for them, and she was hitting them, and her stroke was great. It was amazing. It was one of my favorite things I've ever seen watching basketball. And That's then hilarious. Washington went on to make the final four. No, it was it was not only hilarious, it was amazing.
2: Yeah, but, and and all of those, I mean, I'll, I'll attest to, like, you know, Mike Neighbors and, like, Kelsey Plum and Chantel Oso are all, like, really good, you know, quotes and really fun people, it seems. So, you know, if oh. if they run into Maryland again, obviously I'll root against them. But otherwise, you know.
0: Don't think that's happening in College they've got Park.
2: My, they've got my support. No, it won't happen in College Park this time.
0: It'll happen somewhere else. Uh, quickly, Thomas. Give us a recap of some of the other sports that's been happening. I know we're obviously focused on men's basketball and to a lesser extent women's basketball, but there are spring sports happening and other stuff has happened. So uh, what's happened?
2: Well, uh, Maryland has the best men's lacrosse team in the country and the best women's lacrosse team in the country again.
0: Oh, that Um, happened last year. And what happened last year?
2: I don't know. I don't really feel like talking about that. Um,
0: Something happened.
2: I'm sure it did. Uh, but this year, uh, yeah, the, the women beat uh, UNC um, defending national champion. Um, so, so, kind of a revenge game, although, you know, we, we've had this war in the comments. It's not technically revenge because it's a regular season. Yeah, sure. Um, it, it's, you know, they still have a winning streak on them. and um, Yeah, and the men's team is has looked pretty good. They, they struggled late against Yale. Um Maryland softball isn't doing too great. Um, they still they still got that win over Florida, and they will have that forever. Um, the rest this season isn't looking too exciting. They lost a they tied a game because Dartmouth had a a travel plan, like they
0: had a plane to leave back to like um where is to go Dartmouth to- located? Come on, Thomas, you know this. I'm blanking on it. Come on, I'm Matt. Getting, do you know I'm where Dartmouth is located?
2: Uh, where is Dartmouth? It, right? mixed up. Oh,
1: uh, this might surprise this... you, but I never toured there.
0: Ah, uh, no, neither did I. But uh, it's it's New Hampshire, in case you were wondering. Uh,
2: okay, so that's the one in New Hampshire. Okay,
0: <laughs> that's the one in New Hampshire. He I says knew about was, Ivy like, League schools.
2: No, like I I know kind of where some of them are, and then some of them I get mixed up from time to time. Like I, I get Dartmouth and Brown mixed up for where which where, where they are.
0: I would understand not and, knowing where Northwestern State is because that's actually in Louisiana, but maybe maybe Dartmouth was in that category. Continue. I'm sorry, I said that. No, way. I knew
2: I knew Dartmouth was up north, but like, um, but yeah. So they were in yeah New Orleans, and then they had to stop a game in the sixth inning that was tied because Dartmouth had to catch a plane. It, so a lot of, a lot of weird things happening for Maryland softball this year.
0: That's that's weird. And baseball.
2: Uh yeah, uh they they got they ran into a very very good LSU team and a pitcher that has allowed one hit this season in two games of like 18 innings. Jeez. He he got, he threw a he threw a no-hitter in his first start and then threw eight no-hit innings against Maryland. Jeez. He is insane. and uh yeah. So they're one and five. They were going to play their home opener Wednesday. That did not happen. Um, Ah, because
0: God decided to smite us with bad weather.
2: Yeah, they'll play in North Carolina this weekend.
0: Oh, that'll be fun. So I think that just about covers everything. Uh, Next week, we will have a nice conference tournament preview. We'll probably also recap the year that really wasn't in the Big Ten because they might get seven or eight teams in the the tournament this year, but all of them will be like five to nine seeds. It's insane how mediocre the conference has been this year. I, I, I can't remember... I mean, I've only been following Maryland basketball since I came to school, which was 2012-13. But I can't remember a conference in my time following the sport that has been as mediocre as this year's Big Ten has been. Unless, maybe Matt, you can remember something that I don't.
1: No, that sounds about right. I don't think we'll ever see it like Pac-12 this Pac-12 a few
2: years ago. There was Pac-12 a few years ago that was close. Like They had a bunch of teams in the tournament, but like none of them were ranked.
0: And I guess the SEC sort of counts, but then they have Kentucky and Florida, which yeah, admit, Big Ten does Kentucky. not have this year.
2: Yes, ever since Calipari came to Kentucky, like, the SEC has always been pretty top-heavy.
0: Yeah, but at least there's one really good team and then a bunch of drac. Yeah. This year, there's Kentucky and Florida and a bunch of drac. So, mm-hmm. that's fun. And I South imagine, eh, They're okay. Not not great, but not awesome. Anyway, Uh that was a long podcast, but it was a really fun one, and we went off on tangents that actually made sense. Thanks, Matt, for coming back and telling everybody that the sky isn't falling. Absolutely. We'll make sure you have you on when we're previewing the big-time tournament uh, When we because you'll know more about the other teams that Maryland might be playing than we do. And, Thomas, thank you for pinch-hitting. You did a very good job. No problem. Bucky Dent of podcasts. ha <laughs> Close enough. <laughs>
2: All right. Anyway.
0: Thank you. Thanks a bunch to everybody for listening. Please enjoy the senior day against Michigan State, but of course, go Turps.